right. Uh, good evening. It's nice to see people here. And I've never seen so many people so excited about uh, getting rid of uh, equipment. Full surplus. So um, we just returned from executive session to discuss issues related to collective bargaining or litigation. If an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining or litigating position of the public body. And this is in reference to the Medfield Teachers Association, Unit A and B, AFL-CIO custodians, cafeteria workers, and secretaries, and to conduct strategy sessions in preparation for non-union personnel contract negotiations. And um, that would be for the superintendent. So uh, I will now call to order this February 10th, 2022, regular session of the Midfield School Committee, beginning with a roll call. Leah Brim here. Tonight <laughs> here. Megan Glenn here. And Jessica Riley here. So this meeting is being recorded and will be posted to the Medfield TV YouTube channel. So first thing we'll do is public input. Citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business, not on this evening's agenda. The committee will take such items under advisement without action or discussion at this time at the meeting in which the item is presented. All comments will be limited to no more than three minutes. So please state your name and address for the public record. Uh, and written comments, as always, are more than welcome through our email address at sccaiPod chair at email medfield.net. All right, so do I have public comment on issues not on the agenda tonight? Please approach. And we'll have three minutes. Give your name and your address for the public record. Hey, everybody. Hi. Family Drive. I want to address some of the ways you've been communicating with the community at large. I understand the reputation precedes me. I used to participate on our community Facebook groups as a disruptor of what I always considered nothing more than unfriendly entitled disputes with no result. However, I left that group over a year ago because it wasn't just rude fighting with each other. It wasn't just rude people fighting with each other. I saw a community dealing with trauma to some degree. Maybe it was the pandemic mandates could have been a contentious presidential administration. So I stopped. That said, I want to address some things I saw in 2021 that I don't want to witness again in 2022. You have a greater responsibility to this community than running our schools. You're supposed to be shining examples of proper civic engagement. And I believe there's room for improvement in this area. To many, the optics suggest this school board operates with a sense of moral and intellectual superiority. This is evident in your contentious Facebook posts that run longer than CVS receipts. This is evident when the chair tells a member of the board of health to quote, stay in your lane after they addressed a mental health issue regarding our students in our schools in a board of health meeting. Jessica, are you going to for you? I don't, but it, this is just public comment. Okay, well, I, everyone's giving me eye contact. I, I'm sorry, I'm actually, I'm literally writing down what you're saying. Oh, I can give this to you right after. Yeah. And it's certainly evident when the entire school committee that preaches diversity, equity, and inclusion publicly supports and campaigns for the incumbents. No other board or committee in this town does that. There's your precedent, so please stop doing it. It's gotten nasty in this town. The bar is so low, 
that now we see a trickle down effect, a vulgar altercation at the transfer station over your new school proposal, a candidate being harassed by a PTO member while campaigning on a Zoom call. The same candidate also endured people driving by her house shouting nonsense at her. Speaking personally, a high school teacher berated me for criticizing the Massachusetts Teachers Union. Then her husband called me a dumbass. I think that's shocking that he was able to drag his knuckles across the keyboard and spell that word correctly. <laughs> we have to do better. Let's start with focusing on all the things we can agree on. How about reclaiming our position as a top-ranked school, eradicating bullying in our schools, better addressing substance abuse challenges, and improve the mental support of our children? Get a handle on these things, and I think you'll be a better supported board with this community. Thank you. Do I have another public comment on something that is not on the agenda? <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. Chris Potts, Seven First Street. Hi, Chris. Um, I just also wanted to reiterate my comments at the last school committee meeting that were, from what uh, I can tell, the audio at the the hearing was terrible, and it was very difficult for anybody to hear what was said. Um, I think it's very important that as a community where we have policy policies that represent basically the constitution for our school, that the community is actually engaged in looking at those policies with enough notice to be able to comment and to be able to actually have the information at hand with red line policies that they can actually see the changes that were made before you even vote on those. And there are significant policies that actually steal community engagement from our town and our parents, our guardians. And it's and we have to, we cannot do the policy reviews like we have. And he should have tackled the policy of actual, the actual policy that deals with policy review first before you dealt with any of the other policies going forward. And I would ask you just to hold off and vote in on some of the policies tonight that I know that have been communicated with you. Thank you. Okay. So uh, we are going to, with the committee's um, permission, what I'd like to do is, if you would be amenable, I'd like to bring the uh, DESE mask um, update and COVID-19 updates um, to uh, the front of the agenda. Um, and I will probably ask the student advisory group to just kind of give us a general idea about how students are thinking about that as well. Um, but Dr. Morrison, would that be okay with the rest of the committee? Yes? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Dr. Morrison, would you like to go ahead? Uh, certainly, thank you, Madam Chair. So as you know, the Commissioner of Education, Jeff Riley and Governor Charlie Baker announced yesterday that the mask mandate would not be renewed when it expires on February 28, 2022. The past two years have been challenging for all of us. Throughout the pandemic, the district has had a thoughtful and measured approach for making decisions. We've worked tirelessly to ensure the safety of our students and staff. We have transitions moving from remote learning to hybrid learning to full in-person learning, mask on at recess, mask off at recess, limited capacity for busing, full capacity for busing, lunch in classrooms, split lunches, and finally next week, back to regular lunches in all schools. At each of these transitions, we've all learned how to adapt. Tonight, my recommendation to the Medfield School Committee is to transition once again. 
from a state mandate to a local choice. This evening, I want to share three recommendations for transitioning to a mask optional environment for our students and staff. Please keep in mind the following with all three scenarios. The first, all mitigation strategies around fresh air, HVAC, air purification, open windows will stay in place. Symptomatic testing, home antigen testing programs, and pool testing will continue. The district has offered families the opportunity to have their child tested twice a week if they choose. As we move through the spring, we'll continue to watch for the effectiveness of pool testing and potentially end up phasing that out. According to DPH data, Medfield currently has the vaccination rate of greater than 95% of all of its school-age groups. Uh, nurses continue to do an incredible job testing, and they've now hosted nine vaccination clinics on site. DESE and DPH have changed their policy so that unvaccinated individuals are no longer required, but now strongly encouraged to wear a mask in a mask optional environment. Masks are still required in all buses, and this is a federal order, which we got a sense yesterday that that might change at some point, but as of right now, they're still required in all buses. MIAA has not uh, changed their mask policy for sports, but they do plan to meet in the coming days to discuss that. And I think the last point is really critical. Um, if we transition to a mask optional environment, students, teachers, and staff members that choose to keep their mask on must be supported and respected by all members of our school community. Every family has their own unique circumstances that drive that decision. This needs to be a value of our entire community, not just the schools. So after consultation with uh, medical and public health officials, I'd like to recommend three possible scenarios that would amend your current masking policy. Scenario number one, grades nine through 12, exercise our waiver that we obtained by DESE and create a mask optional environment on February 14th, 2022, which is Monday. In K-8, create a mask optional environment beginning on February 28th. This is in line with DESE and DPH. Now, we can't do any grade other than 9 through 12 before the 28th because we don't have a, a, a waiver for that, and DESE won't grant any more waivers for that. So that's why the K-8 has to start on the, on the 28th in that particular scenario. Scenario number two, uh, grades 9 through 12, create a mask optional environment on February 28th and also create a mass optional environment for K-8 on March 7th. So looking at having a week after vacation, that is one option. And then scenario number three is a combination of both. Exercise a waiver obtained by DESE and create a mass optional environment on February 14th, and then in K-8, create a mass optional environment beginning on March 7th. So I think any one of those three will work. I guess my message tonight is it's time. We need to move toward a mask optional environment and give people the choice if they want to have their kids with a mask, fine. If they don't, let them have that choice. And I and I say that, you know, really because the fact that no other town really has plus over 95% vaccination rate. I mean, it's incredible what the everyone has kind of done their part here and, and got vaccinated. Um, I think that we look at our numbers and the reason why I'm really targeting the high school first, you know, those were the first ones to get vaccinated. They're now boosted. And also our, our numbers at the high school are pretty low at this point. I think we have three positives all week at the high school. So I think that would, to me would be uh, the way to move into that first and then transition at, you know, into our, our K-8 students. Again, the first recommendation is to do it on February 28th. But I just want to give you those three different scenarios for you to talk about. And my message is it's time to take the mask off if folks want to. Um. Does anyone on the committee, or would you like to call anybody, Kathy, or any kind of talk about 
what it looks like in the schools. Uh, we obviously have some thought we need to, you know, we have K-8 here, but what about preschool? So, and well, how do we kind of manage that within the policy? That yeah, so I would say just, you know, looking at, you know, what we've seen for numbers and some of the conversations I've had, um, you know, I spoke with officials on our Board of Health, um, with our school physician, um, all in agreement of, of these different scenarios, thinking that this is the right time to do that. Um, I think, you know, it's it's been a long two years for everyone. And I think that if you look at having that option, if people are really concerned about it, they can still, still mask. I mean, it's not like we're saying there's no mask allowed at all. So we'll respect that right that people have, but uh, I think over the overarching theme here is that we'd like to have an optional mask environment for kids and teachers. And that also includes our kids in the first grade. Um, you know, I think at, at this point, I would I would wait for the preschool kids. Uh, we could just take a look at it. Maybe Kathy, if you want to just you know give an opinion on that. Since they're the only population that can't be vaccinated at this point, I have no options. Right. Yeah, what, what I've laid out is K to, K to 12. Right. Although that being said, we did our actually ninth clinic yesterday, and we did almost 100 kids, and the majority of them were young. They were kids that really had just turned five since our last clinics. So a number of the preschool kids are getting vaccinated, which is great. But yes, that's probably our more vulnerable population, but also the kids that aren't getting as ill. Madam Chair, our school physician, Dr. McCullough, is also here. I know she wants to just... Give an opinion on the preschool piece. In February, I'm sorry. End of February. End of February. Okay, so let's just make sure that we get that on the uh, public record because I want to make sure that you were you were heard. So Dr. McCullough just said that um, at the end of February they are set to roll out vaccines for children two to four. And that's, that's like a brand new mouth. And they would also be two, two doses. So that's a little bit of a, uh, it's a little bit of a debate right now. It's from a two dose um, briefing, but there might be a third dose from that. Do you think there's any possibility of having a clinics for our kids at that age, or is that a little too young? I love a good clinic, man. Get yeah. things done. Those are Kathy. I do. Kathy's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, done enough of them. We love. We probably will have to go to the pediatrician, though. I think okay. at that age. Yeah, at that yeah. age, it's a little too intense. Okay. All right. Uh, do I hear? Uh, I have just one question. Yes, please. Um, That's what I'm. I know that asking. we've received uh, a lot of correspondence of the last 24 hours after the governor spoke, and um, I see a lot of propaganda tonight and I know what side that you're on and we did get um, some information from people that are still skeptical and the option obviously this would leave the option for them to still mask um, I know that a lot of the questions were regarding options for lunches when the lunches return back to you know in the lunchroom if people don't feel that that's a safe environment for their child what is the option there well, we're looking at returning lunches next week. So just kind of socializing that before the masks come off at the younger grades to kind of get them back in there. I have to tell you, I mean, um, I know that some people think we're a little too measured on some of this and thoughtful on this because there are other districts that didn't do any of this stuff and, and didn't do any of the spacing or whatever. So, um, and, they've, and they've had pretty good results from that. So, I mean, I, we, we're actually having a leadership meeting tomorrow to talk a little bit about that, um, how we would do that. But we feel like, um, 
you know, we feel like it's it's still a safe environment for the kids to have lunch in now and to kind of move forward with that. And actually, I just I know you probably didn't in, intend to say this, but I don't think it's about people being skeptical about whether they have masks on or off. We really do want to be very careful to make sure that people know that if they have family members, if that they don't, if they themselves do not feel like they want to take off their mask, if, if this is, you know, masking for a lot of people is very much a medical reality of their life. And we want to make sure that every kid feels like they, and every staff person who wants to, feels like they are able to wear a mask without having that called out. Um, I think that kids in general, generally would not do that. Um, it's more, uh, but I just want to make sure that, that we all understand as a community that this is, if we were to, um, no matter what we kind of vote on, masks will still need to be acceptable in our school for a, pop, for a population of kids. And we just want to make sure that that's something that we encourage across the board. So Kathy, you wanted to say? And I just have to say during the summer program, um, it was mask optional at that point right. before cases had increased. And about half the kids wore masks and half didn't. And it really wasn't an issue um, for anybody. It's, you know, people made that choice and kids went, you know, it's very easy. So I think it'll continue to be the same way. Um, can I check in with uh, my student advisors and my student rep? Why don't I get my student rep first? Carrie, yeah. what do you think? For are you thinking in terms of the, I, I, it almost sounds disingenuous to ask this because I know I have a 15, a 16 year old that I drop off every morning who's like the minute in my house. Yeah. Um, and he's not really good about it. Uh, but your general overall sense is that whether people um, wear masks or I think uh, obviously like no one wants to wear the mask. But like I think any of us would wear a mask then to go back to that like online learning. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> We're not so, doing that. Um, I We're not there. Everyone obviously doesn't want to wear them anymore, but it's definitely like we'd rather just wear it like than um, have to go to like online learning. Do you think that there is a way, and I'll ask you guys this as well, how could we um, kind of make uh, people's choice to wear a mask or not more friendly like there are things like i'm sure that people won't want to or may or may not want to identify why they're choosing to wear a mask i mean maybe they'll want to wear it one day and won't the other however they're kind of <clears throat> going do you do you think that there will be any kind of like what would the conversations in the hall yeah be like um, do you have a thought about that i know i'm putting you on the spot no, that's no, why i'm going to call them in i'd have to think about it more but i think Obviously, people are going to have like opinions and stuff, but I mean, I think like if everyone knows that like you have the option, there's no judgment there. Like if you choose to or not, then like yeah, I feel like it shouldn't be a big deal. Do you think that there's a way that the administrators at the high school, at Blake, at the elementary schools, how could we help people feel? Uh, mm -hmm. Or anyway, we facilitate that acceptance. Is there anything that? Um, like I said, just like making it sure it's a judgment free. Like, I don't know. Like, um, yeah. Making sure as people know that you have the option. Like, if you do choose to wear it, then, like, like that's your choice. And it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, if, like, I don't know if, like, Stuka or anything can do anything, but mm -hmm. we'll, like, definitely think about it. Speaking of Stuka, 
<laughs> Would you guys, the student representatives, do you guys want to come up? Um, you can come up and come to the uh, podium. To the podium. Okay. And if you want to, you can you know pull up chairs or whatever. I want you to have to feel like you're just standing there out in the middle of nowhere. But um, you know, I, I don't want to put you guys all on the spot, but really this does affect you, you know. So what are your thoughts about removing the masks? Do you think uh do you think kids who might choose to continue to wear masks or staff who might continue to wear masks will be able to feel like they're in a positive environment in which that would be okay? What do you think we could do to encourage that? And you know, like what what are your thoughts about this? I can imagine that you're probably like Gee, you know, I totally want to keep it. But, but um, yeah, I just want to reiterate what I was saying. Like, I was like, we've been wearing masks for so long, and no one like wants to wear one. But, like, I think the keyword is optional. So, if you want to wear one, you wear one. If you don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. Because masks are so normal now, no one really is like, why are you wearing a mask? Mm -hmm. You know, like sports games, um, like, or just like out and about, just some people wear masks, some people don't. And you're not necessarily like, oh, why are you wearing a mask? Like, it makes sense that you're wearing a mask. And that's that's the same goes for like within the high school. If you want to wear one, you do. If you don't, you don't. Like, so the optional, like, it, I just, like, I think it's good. Um, so like, that's what like, you're worried about people. Like, if it's like wearing a mask is like not, like you were going to be talked about wearing a mask, like. I mean, it's a small worry, but I still want to make sure that people know that they could, that they have options. Yeah. yeah I, I could care less whether you, you know, wear one or not or whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I just want to make sure that people feel safe and understanding that they have the option to do either. Yeah, I, I do believe that everyone um, understands that this is an optional decision. Um, it's because, you know, as high school, is like we understand that and everything. So. <laughs> Yeah, just, it's rational, and everyone would just understand what everyone's decision would be. Yeah, I also feel like at this point, um, everyone is aware that people may have certain medical conditions that might make or cause them to wear a mask. I don't really think people would be judging if you want to wear a mask. I personally don't think it would be a big problem. Um, I think at this point, everyone just wants to stop the mask. It's great. Wearing masks is the greatest thing that they've ever done. Honestly, it's it is not fun, and it is not something we like. And honestly, I've, I've broken more pairs of glasses taking them on and off in a period of time. But um, we've done what we needed to do so far, and now we're at this point where we get to have a, a transition. Um, assuming that that uh, that's how we end up following Dr. Marchie's and it uh, recommendation. I'm so, comfortable with scenario number one. Uh, you know, based on what so scenario number one. Um, you know, and obviously uh, he'll keep us apprised of any of the current federal, you know, the impact on the busing, of course, um, and federal requirements there and in MIAA. So um, obviously we'll have to revisit it as those as those change. But I'm I'm comfortable with scenario one. I'm not sure about the rest of the community. Yeah, I support scenario one as well, yeah. um, with the caveat that we. Um, kind of wait on the preschool until that information that Dr. McCullough has shared with us becomes real. Uh, Dr. McCullough and, and uh, Ms. Sonson, 
you yeah, think that that's a, a wise for ship so mm -hmm. you're just waiting for the cdc recommendation um, so i guess i have to think like what what would a date be around wanting to revisit uh pre-k uh you know for those younger children i mean if we're waiting for them to be shipped it's six right, weeks not, it's going to be fully vaccinated for, for a while right right yeah okay so perhaps we kind of keep a beat on that which uh kind of makes it a little tough to just think what we will have to do is amend the emergency policy does that sound uh, yeah, I wanted to ask one question. Yeah, please, Tim. And I, I'm not, I'm not making a motion yet. Yeah, no, uh, Dr. Morrison, I've asked this in lots of other similar topics, but what's um, the general pulse from the the teachers and across the different schools that we had? Any? Yeah, I mean, the feedback that I've gotten is, is pretty positive about removing the mask. I and mean, I think, you know, I'm getting comments like, I can't wait to see my students' faces again. You know, I mean, those kinds of things. So I think that's it's been pretty positive in that regard too. I mean, there's definitely concerns around. Um, what, what Jess had talked about where they just want to make sure that people that decide to keep them on are, are okay. You know, I think that's the, that was a theme that came out of the conversation I had because there are definitely some teachers that have um, concerns that we'll keep them on, you know, certainly. And if kids do, they do. That's fine too. But I also know that there are kids who, um, you know, who have families who have immunocompromised parents or you know, there are the day-to-day -day things that happen sometimes that aren't permanent necessarily, that are just kind of acute issues that they would need to put a mask on and then perhaps <clears throat> not keep right. it on. Whatever, but, yeah. but overall positive. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I heard the MTA was raising it, but there's not a, as far as I know, there's not a union issue. You mean a mask teacher? Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't Medfield. No. No, yeah, the mask no, teacher. mask teacher as well. There. That's what they do. Yeah. But yeah, I think I came up with this slogan. It's like your choice is cool. You know, like whatever choice you do, because yeah. it's not like cool in one way or the other. Your choice yeah. is cool. Not I think you might be a dad. Um <laughs> that was the other side. Uh, do I and so uh Tim, you would be amenable to scenario one. Um, I haven't said, I, I was, I'm receptive to that. Yeah, I think I, I like, I, mean, I, I like I the scenario. Like, I was excited with the announcement yesterday. Yeah. And um, we I think it's worthwhile to hear you know, if there was any other input from the folks here. But, oh, absolutely. But I'm, that's, I'm, that's uh, the next step. You know, of the scenarios, I'd say why, you know, my initial reaction is why, why wait? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, in my conversations with Dr. Marston, uh, there have been some, members of the community who have been concerned that maybe we should wait a little longer after February break because uh you know people go on vacations and there's a lot of um you know is there viral transfer there but the research that you have seen shows that it's mostly it, it's not necessarily you get a bump yeah it's pretty anecdotal it's not real research it's okay, just anecdotal from what we've seen that we get we've been getting the bumps after holidays that are gatherings not so much travel right so we had a Bump at elementary a week and a half to two weeks after Halloween. So that was clearly people getting together, right? Thanksgiving. And that was during the Delta. Right. Oh, thanks, thanks guys for sitting down. I'm sorry. And then again, um, you know, around the winter holidays and Christmas and everything. So that it was definitely a bump there as well. So I think that we've seen those. Um, Kathy has does all the contact tracing. She saw a little bit of the bump uh, regarding uh, travel during Christmas time as well, but a lot of it was the socialization of, you know, 
yeah. people getting together at house parties and those kinds of things. Yeah. So. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. Um, so what I think I need to do, I mean, I'm I'm in favor of going for scenario one. Um, I don't really think that there's much purpose to waiting for an extra <coughs> but I do want to uh, can we talk about how we would construct this policy so that we can continue to include um, or do we need to can we strike this policy and simply have a procedure for the preschool what what do we think yeah is I, mean, the I mean I think you could you could amend your current masking policy with scenario one and because remember scenario one does say nine to twelve and k to eight Okay. So preschool would still remain as it is if you want to keep it that way. Okay. I'll take a look at this policy really super quick. You know, so that way you can. Anybody else who wants to put eyes on the policy and see how we can kind of revisit that? Uh... Okay. I think what we can do. I mean, you can rescind the whole policy if you want. I mean, you can do that too. You can. And I don't, I mean, I don't mind that, but I, um, so much of this has to do with face masks and, and this, we wrote the uh, actual, sorry, this is the boring part where we try to figure out how to do it as opposed to what we're doing. And I apologize. And then we'll take public comment. So don't worry. Um, All right. I think, I think maybe the easiest thing to do is um, actually rescind the policy. Yeah, because interim policy, it's not, yeah, it's not a permanent policy. Yeah, least. yeah. I mean, I know that we were both you know, kind of been noodling back and forth about that, but if we um, rescind the policy as of um, February 14th, mm -hmm. All right. So uh, I know this sounds a little disingenuous. I am going to open this to public comment, but can I see um, kind of a show of hands of how many people are here in favor of removing this? Okay. And then there are people here who also would like to talk about uh, extending the policy or extending a period of time. No? Okay. Well, so uh, if anybody is going to approach the podium for uh, Matt, oh, oh. Um, so uh, I invite you to approach the policy, uh, approach the podium, sorry, it has been a, a day full of meetings. Um, approach the podium, give us your name, if that's all right with you. Okay, and, um, and then let us know your statement, everybody here. We'll have uh, three minutes, okay? Um, although I do give grace periods to kids. <laughs> okay, so if you would like to approach the podium, please go ahead. I just want to say one thing. This is from a kid's point of view. Excellent. Um, I really, um, my, uh, my name is John Sullivan. I am a nine, I'm nine years old and I am in third grade. And my teacher is Ms. Sullivan. I'm also in the Wheelock School Student Council. I'm asking you guys to vote today to remove the masks. They have always been something I've hated. 
They give me a rash on my chin. I don't like when the teacher always reminds me to fix my mask. It comes, it comes down a lot even when I tighten it because they talk a lot. This makes me feel <laughs> frustrated. My friends don't like them either. Masks are hard for me to breathe sometimes. Ma masks make it hard to tell if people are smiling or not. Please stop the masks and vote for us not to wear, not to have to wear the masks anymore. Thanks for listening to me. Everybody? I think I'm the youngest person here. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I, I can't imagine an adult here who doesn't feel that very same way about the masks. You know, too. It, makes, it does make us crazy. We kept them on for a reason. But I think our reason is passing now, which is just amazing. Would anybody else like to approach the podium? Hi, Renee Halley, Free Harding Street. Um, Renee. I'm so encouraged by this conversation. Thank you all. Did you think we were um, going to be horrible and just say well, no? Well, you never know, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of those people, honestly. Averseness in our town. I know. It's um, been rough here, hasn't it? So I, I did just um, write down a few things I still think is worth, worth saying. Uh, for almost two years, our kids have done what they have been asked to do. They have learned remotely. They have masked up. They have gotten vaccinated, in many cases boosted. <laughs> They've missed proms, school trips, graduations, school dances, concerts, sports. They've eaten outside, on gym floors, and on dirty bleachers. They ride, they've ridden buses and taken classes in freezing temperatures with open windows. They've participated in pool testing and they've quarantined. Our youngest students have never had a normal school year. They've not seen their teachers' faces, their friends' smiles outside short lunch or snack periods. Our kids who might struggle with language can't see their teacher's mouths to help them learn. A few weeks back, I was listening to one of the DEES meetings and one teacher brought me to tears. She asked, why are our kids still masked? Who are we asking them to protect? Where else in history have we used our children as shields? This statement really resonated with me. We are using our children as shields. It needs to stop. Please, I beg you, give our kids this one piece of normalcy. Let them see their teachers' faces, their friends' smiles. Let our high school kids take their masks off now, per the approved waiver. Let the mandate across all schools drop, per these guidelines. Thank you. Thank you. Would anybody else like to come up for their Yes. Get it. Um, Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Um, again, very, this has been great actually more than I expected. Um, lobby events and 10 Um, I did want to address the preschoolers. I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think that's really important for us too. When we consider removing the masks, um, we should also include preschoolers on there. They are the ones that are, have really had some of the worst experiences. Um, they're at a developmental stage where they really need to have interaction with looking at faces, looking at each other, smiling. Um, I think it would be disingenuous for us to have it for everybody else, but except for them. Uh, in particular, because you know, if you look at all the countries in Europe that have mask mandates for children, no country in Europe had mask mandates for 12-year uh, children and younger. Um, I think for us to remove it from everybody else and just have it for preschoolers is completely disingenuous from our part. So I would really urge you as the committee to 
read on what others have done with the little kids who, again, are the least uh, susceptible to um, COVID-19. And also, we, have, um, our, we don't want them to have any more issues with um, struggling with school or mental health or anything like that. So I would just urge you guys to look into some of those other countries and what they've done and adopt some of those policies as we look into moving forward. So thank you. Anyone else? I think we've got room for one or two more. Hi, Lauren Lilliger on the 83 South Street. Hello, Lauren. I just want to echo what Flavia shared. Um, DEES does not, doesn't regulate ages three and four. Um, the Early Childhood Education Department does. And masks are already optional for that age group, right? Masks are optional currently for ages two, three, and four. Uh, there's today they, these children do not need to be required to wear a mask. Any child who's ages two, three, and four can wear one if they want to. Um, but but Medfield Public School has gone above and beyond even what other local school districts have done. There's no reason for ages two, three, and four um, to be required to wear a mask today or certainly after the, the 28th. So I would I would absolutely urge you to make masks optional. These children are the least susceptible to severe outcomes from COVID-19. And, and I say all the time, I mean, if you wanted to create a generation of children with autism, what would you do differently than have them spend all day with everybody around them with their faces covered? If, if you sat around a brainstorming table and said, how do we create a generation of autistic children? What else would you do but what we're doing to these toddlers today? So please, I beg of you, there's no reason for two, three, and four-year-olds to wear masks tomorrow uh, or after the 28th. So thank you. Um, I'm Laura McCullough. I live I'm so sorry. Tell me your name again. Um, Laura McCullough. Hi, Laura. Oh, God, Laura. I'm sorry. I don't have my glasses on. Mask. I'm a stupid mask. 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 Yeah, that's, she couldn't, you couldn't see her. That's I know. Why. Well, I mean, I literally <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> glasses. Uh, I, <laughs> everybody knows her. Yeah, and I, I wasn't planning on And she has a blowout. Yeah. I just actually took a shower today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I wasn't going to jump in until the whole, we didn't actually think about the preschool comment before, and I, I do um, have to agree. I think your comment about the creating a generation of autism, autistic kids is, is appropriate, and, you know, I mean, only worse than that is kind of sticking our tablets in them. You know, 12, 12 hours a day that's what we've been doing during the set up the table and let's think of some ideas. Everything we've done, that's what you do. Um, I will say that I think that um, the preschool population has the greatest benefit of making maths optional um, in terms of socialization, in terms of language acquisition, in terms of all the things that everybody said. And I will tell you that being a pediatrician in the office, I have seen both sides of parents coming to me saying, I just want to get them vaccinated first before we pull the mask. I had that conversation actually with a parent today. So I think you are going to encounter people in that population whose kids haven't gotten the shot, whose kids haven't vaccinated, whose parents have been waiting and worrying for that, and they are going to want, and we are going to need to support that. But I think that there isn't a reason, I would say at this point, to not include our preschool kids in that, especially with the horizon of their ability to be vaccinated around the corner. The other thing is, is that What's different now, as opposed to any other time frame when we've been talking about masks versus not, um, with the bump that you get after the holidays, bump that you get after the gatherings, this is now endemic. You know, for the mm -hmm. first time with Omicron, this is now endemic. 
where we should be. And we also have options around treatment, which is the other issue that we have never had before say, to that extent. Omicron and kidding with kids harder. Like, you know, this is this is before kids weren't symptomatic. We, we are seeing teachers, we are seeing kids that are having respiratory, but this is what happens every year. This isn't this is now, as Trump said, can't believe I'm quoting him, but this is now the flu because we are an endemic virus. It's a different ballgame than we were two years ago. I, I wish we could just be all fighting about this, but it all sounds incredibly reasonable. So thank you. To remove the policy that I'm sorry. I have one, oh, cool. one quick thing. Yes. Liam Bravo, Liam Bravo, 23 Lolis that wrote. Hi. We keep talking about oh, supporting our kids. <laughs> that are going to continue to wear masks and the staff that's going to continue to wear masks. What about the kids that choose not to mask? Are you going to support them from bullying? Because I keep hearing about supporting kids that are wearing masks. You know, actually, Leanne, I have to tell you, and I'll just address this really quickly because I wouldn't want this to be in this place. My feeling is that most kids will take off masks and never, never look in the rearview mirror again. So, um, but there is always a concern that we have about kids whose, you know, to some extent their difference or their family concerns or just their concerns would be indicated by masking. And that's why I think right, we're emphasizing like the, the optional saying, part of it so much. Right, but like the girls were saying, like masking is so normal now. Yeah, nobody's real. I don't see somebody picking on somebody yeah, because they don't have a mask or they do have a mask. But I just want to make sure that everybody's supported the same way and nobody's singled out. That's oh yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Please don't misinterpret my concern for thinking anything else. Can we? Because um, you were making you know, the original recommendation with excluding the uh, you know, any any other thoughts like that went into that? I mean, I'm fine with 3K having an option. I really am. Um, yeah. You know, based I mean, on the conversations that I've had, um, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I think I just wanted to clarify since we were looking yeah. at K to 8 in the policy and, you know. Well, just say our policy doesn't cover pre-K anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we're about to vote to get rid of it. So yeah. <laughs> at that point in time, it's no longer a policy. So. So does the committee feel as though that they would like to make a motion to rescind uh, the EDC supplemental interim policy to address the COVID-19 pandemic crisis in the school year 2021-22? So moved. So moved. So Leo is uh, moving. Do I hear second? I second. Tim Knight seconds. Okay, I will take a uh, vote. It does not have to be a roll call. So all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Any nays? <laughs> well, I would say that as of the 14th, um, it's in the high school. Take my Terry. When uh, Desi allows you. do it the 28th. Yeah. So all the other grades, the 28th. Yes. You know, if, if I weren't as old as I am, I'd be doing the same thing. Um, 
So yeah, and actually much most of that is one week and then you've got February vacation. So <sighs> there you go. Thanks. So, did I hear the two frame four year old as of the 14th? No masks. Is it optional for two, three, and four yeah. as of the 14th? Because yeah. they're not covered. Oh, no, no, yeah. 28. We will uh, make sure that these things are all clear. Okay. We'll send out messages and stuff. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. and expressing your concerns. Thank you so much for having a, a community conversation in which we were able to actually talk to each other. I always, always appreciate and prefer that. Thank you so much. And John, thank you for being such a well-spoken person. You really represented the Midwest schools very nicely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm actually going to bring this. I may bring some stuff highlights about this meeting up in student council meeting. Awesome idea. Nice. Awesome well, idea. And if you want me to come to student council, I'll talk about it too. Okay. I'd be very happy yeah. to. You let me know. All right. So um, now. I'm going. Uh, no, we actually have to do a pool of things. Oh, yeah, so I figured that we all just wanted to get so to the mask thing. Um, the next item on the agenda is the approval of minutes for the budget hearing and regular school committee meeting on uh, January 27th, 2022. Do um, and I hear? Do I hear a motion to approve? All right. And do I hear a second? <clears throat> Second to that. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. And now we'll vote to approve and retain the minutes for the executive session on uh, January 27th, 2022. Do we hear a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Tim? Leo, second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. And the motion passes unanimously. Okay, now the student advisory. Do you, you guys, I think there are four chairs here. If you guys want to come up or you can come up to the podium, whatever you'd like to do. So we didn't come to this. Uh, usually I kind of give you guys a like kind of a, well, we brainstorm kind of a constructed question. But it's the middle of the year, it's really busy. And I knew that this was also going to be a really long meeting. And we can talk about what you guys... Uh, with Mrs. Hagen, we can talk about what you guys might like to talk about uh, in April. Wait, is it April? Yeah, April, your next meeting. Um, but what do you have generally to kind of talk to us tonight about um, about how the year is going? How are you feeling about this, you know, uh, lower half of your face showing on a regular basis? Um, how your workload is, if there are any concerns that you've been hearing of through your classes. Kevin, um, yeah, so um starting with the mass, I know that we were just talking that about that for a while, but um touching on the fact that we're worried about kids feeling left out or feeling um almost like they're different for wanting to wear their masks um, over what over the kids that do not want to wear the mask. I think enough conversation between the students, the faculty, administration, just um, sort of enunciating on the fact that it is completely okay whatever choice you decide to make, um, making kids feel as comfortable as possible, and really prioritizing the students and the faculty, what they how they feel 
Um, I think that's really important. And I think with our school, I think we will be able to adjust and um, we will be very supportive of each other's decisions mm -hmm. um, because we know that if, if, a, if a student decides to keep their mask on, it is probably for personal reasons and we want to be able to um, be respectful of what they decide to do. Same with the people that decide to take their masks off. They will, um, like uh, another person said, the worry about how uh, students might treat people who do decide to take their masks off. And it goes the same, it goes the same way. Um, I think our school has learned to be very respectful of each other. So I think whatever decision students decide to make, I think we will all be pretty easygoing about it. Um, so that's the last thing. Um, moving on, so today, juniors and seniors um, had a presentation from Chris Heron. This was incredibly interesting. Chris Heron was a former NBA player and high school all-star, and he um, struggled with addiction. And after several overdoses, he decided that it was time to stop. And um, we didn't hear too much about his personal story, but it was very targeted at our audience um, and targeted at just the fact that high school students this is the prime time where substance abuse, substance abuse um, and alcohol usage is uh, very successful. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so it was really interesting. It was very moving. Um, there are very, many students that are moved to tears and it was, it was a great presentation. I think we all learned a lot from it and I think it will definitely have an impact on junior and senior grades. Um, I actually have a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kevin, Kevin. Right, Kevin. <laughs> This is kind of a, 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 a time for seniors where um, life is starting to get a little bit crazier. Um, things are starting to change. We're hearing back from colleges, um, which is very exciting. But um, also coming up, a lot of students are participating in senior projects, which I myself am included in that. And so I will be out of here in April. Um, which is exciting, but um, I'll be I'll be in and out for AP classes. So I think a lot of students are getting excited about that and turning in applications. Applications are due on February 18th. So that's something that we're all looking for. But looking forward to and tomorrow we have um, all seniors who are taking a language this year are participating in the Apple test um, to see if they can get their seal of biliteracy. So that's going to be an all day type of test um it's gonna be horrible i'm so glad you're going into this with that can do i mean you gotta do what you gotta do i wish i wish it was i wish it was optional but it's okay it's it's i mean i want to take four years of language so it's all me but um um but that's that's what's going on for seniors right now. It's kind of a crazy time, but um, I, like you said, for the workload, I found that personally it hasn't changed so much. Um, it's going to definitely change for myself and all people that are, uh, all students that are doing senior projects just because they will be going into their C1 classes or C2 mm -hmm. classes, only their AP classes. And so because of that workload is definitely gonna be a lot different. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how that goes. Yeah, that's all for the senior class. Thank you. Thank you. And actually, uh, it's some other time, not right now, because I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'd love to hear about what your senior project is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool.
Great. Um, yeah, so for the junior class, not much is really going on. We're just, you know, getting a lot of work. We're just starting the college process. So taking SATs, um, the one here is March 12th. So everyone's like preparing for that. Um, the Chris Heron um, uh, presentation was really moving, just like Catherine said. It was it's really interesting to just like hear a presentation like coming from someone's perspective and not like telling us, I don't know if this will make sense, like not telling us to not do it, but showing his experience. Because mm -hmm. like we were um, just, we had a meeting with Mrs. Hagen, uh, the senior representatives, um, senior and junior class did, and the sophomores and freshmen did, but we were separate. And one of the biggest topics was um, like the alcohol use and mm -hmm. the effects it has. Um, and it's it was just nice to see that, um, like that perspective of yeah. someone who went through it. Um, one of the main, we talked about um, the car crash that happened, not the specific details because mm -hmm. it really affected a lot of people in the high school. And um, we didn't talk about it as much as uh, we would have liked to, not mm -hmm. like the specific situation, just overall, like just how to prevent it and everything. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that, and that was a major concern of ours. Um, and that night, Mrs. Hagen, she sent out an email um, for a program called I Decide, I yes. believe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like from Harvard Medical School, I think. Um, it was just like really nice to see some initiative with that, yes. because th that same night, Mrs. Hagen did something to, um, to like say something about it, which it's just like, like for the first, like it felt really nice because it was like, okay, like our situation is real and like people are actually right. like understanding it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think you guys are going to hear a lot more about substance use and, you know, uh, so there is, uh, just before the, the pandemic, um, Medfield Outreach got a very large grant to hire a substance use um, that was Mary's actual title. So, uh, prevention, prevention specialist. Correct. So a prevention specialist for substance use. And then of course the pandemic happens. What they're doing right now, and I think you probably know this, is that they're doing focus groups and strategic plan to really talk about how they they can use these resources and bring more community resources in so that we're not constantly focusing just on kids in high school, but really how do we enact cultural change? Right. And um, I've been talking to Mary a lot about that. And I think that uh, we're going to ask Mary and Medfield Outreach and maybe Dr. Worthley, the health advisor, to come and talk to us next meeting. Because I, I think that it is something that um, we've wanted to do for a long time. We've identified it as something that every single class struggles with. I think it has a lot to do with not having very much to do. In that field, and I think that there are community issues that we really need to talk about in that. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that's something that's resonating with you guys. And we have Chris every two years, so yeah. every other year he comes so that every child at high school gets to go through his presentation. He sees how outstanding. And so, and I also think that there's that kind of global, you know, like Chris may really, really affect some people. There are other interventions that will really, really affect other people, and it's you know just making sure that we're catching everyone. Um, and I'd also like to them to talk about the I decide um, kind of initiative because I think that that's a really that could be a pretty valuable. Issue. I'm sorry, 
uh, you just caught me on my favorite subject. <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything else that you'd like to report about that? Or no? I think just quickly, um, I was just wanted to. I forgot to mention with the circle groups that we had with uh, Ms. Mendoza and Ms. Hagen, and um, we started these groups to talk about like issues that we think that it should be resolved in the school, or just talking about general things that we could do better. Um, and it's been really, really great to be, but we've only had one meeting and so far, like Elizabeth said, we're already seeing um, initiatives being taken. And so I think that's very comforting to know that we're actually being listened to. I know with student government, we actually don't do a lot. It seems like it's only like we're, we're planning prom and um, we're, my the president and I, um, Dia Yadavantaya, we are actually working to like hopefully make some more change and try to do more within student government so that we can make a more lasting impact on the school. Um, and then also sort of encourage the future um, senior presidents to make more of a change within the school and take initiative and do what they see um, needs to be changed. And so, like um, Elizabeth said, the meetings have been really great, and I'm looking forward to being able to talk more of them. And because they're so small, and they're just with your grade and like um, another grade, it, it feels very comfortable that you're able to talk about issues that you think that are definitely there. There's not much pressure. Um, I think if we were speaking in a larger group, there would definitely be a little bit more pressure to talk about things, but because it's smaller, there's there's uh, it's much easier to just talk and just and and if we a lot of the things that we were talking about were very discussion based and mm -hmm. um, talking about conversation, talking about the car accident, how we can encourage conversation and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, if if you. <laughs> my. Um, student government didn't really get into that deep of a conversation with Ms. Hagen. That's okay. We're not, <laughs> but, we're not like evaluating. Like, oh, yeah. But we still did cover some really important topics, like semi. Um, the majority of our <laughs> This is really I important. Mean, it, it is important, but not necessarily. <laughs> but um, we mainly talked about future events for our class because we haven't really had an event yeah. for, during our high school career. Um, so we're doing a lot of planning for semi. We're hoping we can have that in April or May at some point, one point or, or another. Um, tomorrow, our student actually meeting with Mrs. Hagen to talk a little bit more about that. Um, we also just had a brief fundraiser during the winter months, and that went really well. We made a ton of profit from that. And um, I'm sure everyone's just going to be super excited about the masks. Um, everyone's been excited to get that off. And we also talked about in the cafeteria, um, we just talked a little bit about the X's on every other seat. And it seems like that should be going away soon, um, as well as other COVID protocols. So that's super exciting. And other than that, our year's going pretty well. So, yeah, that's good. Those are not small. Thanks. I mean, I mean, you know, Sunny is, is a part of, of life that you know, these guys didn't necessarily get to do. And we'd like to try to get back to, you know, this thing's going to hang around for a while. We'll have like little parts. This will be things you'll remember this period of your life. And maybe someday you'll laugh about masks or, you know, the X's or stay six feet away or whatever. But um, the more that we can get to the regular stuff. It's also not lost on me that we're almost exactly two years basically from when this started. 
And I remember sitting at this table thinking, I cannot believe that we're not coming to school tomorrow, let alone three months. It's it's not a small deal. And I think that there will be people who are more emotional about it than you, than you think. So that's all right. You like emotions. They're good. Get them out. Thank you so much. Um, I think our grid, like, we've, like, been adjusting, but, like, it's much more normal now that we're having, like, tests, like, every week, and, like, we're getting used to it a bunch more. It's, like, we didn't really do anything, like, our eighth grade or seventh grade. So, like, it was a big jump, but, like, we're kind of getting used to it now and, like, getting, like, the groove, which is nice. Um, and then our civic government, we're kind of, like, still struggling at, like, to find like a way to like make money as a fundraiser, we're thinking of something sort of like that you like buy tickets to, opposed to like buying like specific things. We're still like trying to figure out one of those. Um, yeah, I mean, we've done some like charities. Like I think we raised like sixty-five. I think we did a winter clothing drive for this organization. I think we got like eight trash bags full of like winter coats and stuff, like 65 gallons, which is good. Um, yeah, we've been like talking about semi a lot. And, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, do you guys have, well, you probably didn't do freshman year fundraisers. Like your, your knowledge bank is kind of lost, right? <laughs> In terms of, being able to think about what our freshman class did for fundraisers before this. So is there a way or any uh, thing that, a way that we could help you or um, kind of brainstorm around what those fundraisers might be, what you're looking for, uh, or are there resources in the high school that can help you do novel things or? I don't know, I think we're like really just trying to figure out like what people like in our grade want. So like yeah. what they would like, if they would like buy different things or like buy tickets to like something like turn something, yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll get there. I know you will. Don't worry about it. It's it's gonna come organically and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my god, this is the best idea ever. Honestly. Um, do you guys wanna ask anything you're curious about within the yeah, I was just gonna ask about that presentation that they, they jumped right in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you giving up your evening, and I also really appreciate you allowing us to do the mask thing first and letting me put you on the spot a little bit about uh, what's going on and how you guys perceive it. So, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, on if I look for my agenda. Um, I think you're not hey, thank you, Dr. Martin. Okay, so the next thing up is the superintendent's evaluation. Oh, that's why we remember that. Um, so every two years, uh, we do a what's called a summative uh, evaluation of Dr. Marsden. This is a program that Desi put into place a few years ago for superintendents who are more senior and experienced. Um, they kind of once a year really uh, intense 
kind of evaluation uh, could be stretched up to two years and have a formative evaluation in the midst within the time. Um, so uh, the school committee uh, all completed the uh, DESE um, end of cycle summative evaluation report. And then I took those together and have essentially come up with a, um, a summary of their points and kind of come up with an, a, a, where uh, we've seen Dr. Marsden's performance in the last two years. <coughs> um, so let's switch over to that. All right, so um, every two years, Dr. Marsden kind of comes up with uh, five goals. And these are goals that are about um, kind of what DESE looks at in terms of you know, kind of granular issues or larger issues under the, um, under the uh, topics of professional practice goals, student learning goals, and then district improvement goals. Um, and uh, many of these goals were formed in November of uh, 2019. So the world changed enormously during that time. Um, and we found that in general, um, Dr. Marsden still, while he was dealing with the, uh, <coughs> with the pandemic, made significant progress on most of these or he met them, uh, there are people who um, would believe that or who have expressed that they believe that he exceeded them, particularly in uh, professional practice, um, student learning goals, uh, and district improvement goals. The district improvement goals um, were essentially um, uh, the one that he uh, technically did not meet was the uh, completing a new strategic plan. That was a um, that was kind of a deliberate choice not to do that kind of research in a time where you would need to be able to uh, have people within focus groups, be able to have people meet and kind of generate that community input so that you can get all the stakeholders together. We were sincerely hoping. So we've, uh, we're going to do an RFP mm -hmm. um, and we've begun the process, but we have not completed it, obviously. So um, otherwise, uh, he's- we haven't, we haven't put the RFP out, but we're doing right. that just later this spring so that we can start the fall. Right. And I know that we've all kind of discussed that. Um, so uh, in general, um, the committee, uh, agreed that uh, Dr. Marsden reached, um, the majority of the committee agreed that uh, Dr. Marsden reached the level of proficient for his overall end of cycle summative evaluation. Uh, two of our body also believe that he uh, reached an exemplary level, but um, I think that we can kind of agree that he did very well, and that we are absolutely um, uh, most of the comments that I have, or all of the comments that I've seen from our committee, 
speak of how well you took on a task and what was a Herculean task of the pandemic and really did bring us through that. And, the, and I, as uh, chair, got to maybe even see more, I think, sometimes than you guys did about the insane amount of time, the 60, 70, 80-hour weeks of just trying to get kids back into school, trying to lead uh, along with the administrative team, which is, you know, you put together and is really on top of things, trying to teach teachers and enable our district to move out of a building and into, you know, just their living rooms in the worst environment possible, and then getting back in and what we've done over that time. So I'd like to add uh, um, some of the comments that I was able to pull from the um, evaluations. And this is a little bit of a summary of that. The, the committee overall rated Dr. Morrison's performance over the last two years as either this high standard of proficient or exemplary. Major themes were his overwhelming commitment to not only reinventing how to provide education in an entirely different way and reintegrate students into school from September 2020 on, but the full-time commitment that took that took while performing the Herculean work with the school building committee throughout that time to design a 21st century learning environment to the highest standards, uh, regardless of the community's eventual decision not to approve funding for that project. Um, and I, you know, I took some, uh, Dr. I'm sorry, uh, Anna Mae O'Shea Brooks said, although I fully understand the importance of the exercise of um, talking about goals and whether they had been met, for instance, with the strategic plan. I believe that limiting Dr. Morrison to a handful of goals truly limits the reality and scope of his overall job, which has been executed with grace under fire during these pandemic years. Based on the metrics in this limited evaluation, he gets an overall proficient grade. But in considering the totality of his performance, Dr. Morrison deserves exemplary. Um, and uh, if I can take another excerpt. While many people, and this is from Megan, while many people may reflect back on the first few weeks or months of the pandemic as a time where everything stopped and used the time away to pick up a new hobby, no such respite existed for a superintendent of schools. In fact, the last two years may be noted as the most challenging time in history to be a superintendent. Dr. Morrison has worked tirelessly to create a safe environment for the students and staff often in the face of anger, resentment, and fear, and often without any guidance from state or federal authorities. What needs to be emphasized in this evaluation is the exemplary way in which Dr. Marsden quickly implemented measures within the physical environment of our schools in order to bring the students and staff back safely. Moreover, when vaccines became available, Dr. Marsden preemptively worked with local pharmacies and public health agencies to host clinics for both the staff and students in order to make them more accessible. And, uh, I also want to say that um, his entire administrative team has been amazing during the pandemic. I think that it's uh, leaders create teams, but teams support leaders. And we understand how much work you put in as well, all of you. So, um, and then I think that we should also speak to uh, Dr. Marston's financial stewardship of the, of the district during this time, because I don't think that it should be underappreciated. Uh, so this is um, one of my pullouts. 
Dr. Marston's creative use of revolving funds and federal and state grants to enhance student learning and access and community resources has put the school district in the position to benefit from these emergency resources for years to come while keeping all of our valued staff employed for the three months of the school's physical closure. He was able to achieve the goal of providing one-to-one -one technology, not only for students in secondary schools, but to every child and every family in the district who needed something. And we'll again use those resources to provide technology to our secondary students. Any goals not met in their entirety since they were set at the beginning of this evaluation period in November of 2019 were deliberately deferred because of the higher priorities of supporting our students and staff through a grinding crisis that tested everyone's resilience to the limit. It is because of his and his administrative team's dedication to our students and employees that we are able to consider the greater growth that we are able to see over the next several years. So, uh, are you embarrassed yet? I don't really love this process. I know, nobody does. There's, there's I understand. And, and the reason that we're kind of uh, laughing about this is that the superintendent is the uh, a superintendent of schools is the only public employee who has their review done in public in the state of massachusetts so um i i do have to say that i i that we truly do mean all of these things i don't think that anyone here just created anything we have been able to see dr marston in uh far more uh intense circumstances uh for far more time because we have actually had to put in more time as a school committee than i think any school committee has had to in history honestly and that speaks to school committees across the country so i feel very confident in our kind of assessment of dr Morrison's performance which brings me on to uh, the superintendent's performance rating for standard number one which is instructional leadership um, across the board, I think that we agreed that he reached the high standard of proficient. Um, and uh, to bring some comments to this, uh, COVID has forced the committee and superintendent to make decisions well outside the typical realm of education, be it regarding science or epidemiology. Dr. Marsden consistently considered multiple sources of data, repeated consulting with colleagues within the educational community, various Massachusetts government officials, as well as noted public health professionals in order to make sure resource, sound resource, round, sound recommendations, sorry, to the committee for creating a self safe environment for our students and our educators. Um, one comment is that we are looking forward to the director of curriculum to work with staff and leadership teams, which I know that he's, she's actively uh, doing to effectively make both the curriculum being covered in our classrooms and the benchmark assessments tracking our learners' progress available in a more collaborative fashion with our parent community and staff to ensure the best success for our learners. And I know that that is part of what you would like to be doing, and that is something that uh, Dr. Power is working mm -hmm. on actively right now. Um, so I think it will be really exciting to see that uh, coming to fruition in the next year. Um, in uh, management and operations, uh, overall, the uh, the committee believed that uh, you earned an exemplary. In this, it's almost difficult to explain uh, exactly how much you have done in management and operations, and I do think that we elucidated it in the first part mm -hmm. there. But um, 
you know, I, we were talking about not only with the, um, with the pandemic, but, you know, as uh, Anna May said, a good leader is only as good as its team. And I believe that Dr. Marston has built a solid and cohesive leadership team that works towards the same vision. Um, and we were able to institute, institute mitigation procedures much more quickly uh, during the summer of 2020 than many other districts um, by procuring, I can't believe somebody wrote this and expected me to say it, procuring proper PPE. Um, and that enabled Medfield schools to open our doors in person uh, at the very start of the 2021 school year. And uh, that was not the reality for many, many school districts. In fact, most, I would say that there was a much longer time before students got into the classroom at all, hybrid or not. Um, and perhaps no other time period has the superintendent's ability to work collaboratively with both the teachers union and the school committee been more important. Dr. Marsden during this time led MOA negotiations in the spring of 2020, when we first grappled with how to handle the shutdown of the schools, the fall reopening, and the return to full in-person in 2021. Likewise, following the mandates outlined by DESE, Dr. Marsden led the collaborative development of three separate re-entry plans over the summer of 2020, which ultimately resulted in the successful implementation of a hybrid model. Uh, the Next standard is three, family and community engagement. Overall, the uh, committee felt as though he performed in an exemplary way. Um, there were two who felt he did uh, the high rating of proficient. Dr. Marston's overall rating for family and community engagement by the majority of the committee was exemplary with two members rating his performance as proficient. Committee members cited examples of his visibility and involvement in the community, his consistent communication with families throughout the pandemic, his focus on understanding family concerns, both uh, for staff and his logistic families, and making conscious efforts to try to mitigate the already overwhelming burdens placed, placed on them that were not, um, so as to not make them worse by thoughtless decisions. Um, and then, for standard four, which is professional culture. Again, the committee believed that he, uh, the majority of the committee believed that he performed in the exemplary rating. Um, and two believed that he believed in, uh, performed in the proficient. So uh, some examples cited of his exemplary or proficient performance were his ability to manage the high level of conflict at almost every decision point to allow continued forward momentum with an air of normalcy. Negotiating multiple memorandums of agreement or contracts with all of our unions that required constant understanding and perspective taking of multiple stakeholders. Forwarding the district's goals and increasing the spectrum of cultural understanding mm -hmm. and cultural offerings in classrooms <laughs> and supporting staff driven efforts toward increasing cultural competence in our schools. So in summary, I think that uh, we are truly, truly pleased with, uh, with how well we have been able to make it through this incredibly challenging time and uh, generally just 
impressed with how you were able to pivot from the job that you had always had to the whole new job that you had starting March 14th of 2020. And um, I feel like, and I would throw this out to the rest of the committee, we are positioned so that we have not lost ground, but uh, have actually gained ground and are at a point where as things become more normal, we are able to launch ourselves into the future with the initiatives that we've always wanted to do. So, do I have any other comments from the committee? Or would anybody else like to add anything that they brought up in their evaluation or do you feel that that's fair? <laughs> it goes on any longer. <laughs> Leo, this is important. So we take longer for important things. Sure. No, I think you anyone covered else? it quite well. Yeah. No, I can echo a lot of what you said. It came from us, you know. I mean, I, I just call out as I'm, I'm listening to. I mean, leadership, um, especially during some scary times for all. Like I, I think of the time um, in August of 20 when you had all your staff out there on the football field. That was a kind of a tough process getting through with the union, and now we just signed it. And I was um, one just so amazed how that was so well organized. It was like, just how did that happen? So, I mean, leadership is, is um, we saw it throughout. Um, but from an operations perspective as a school committee member, I just said, like, you have our back because we know we're sometimes up against time. And that stuff is always there, right? Like, we, we absolutely know that. So uh, we always saw it giving your all. <clears throat> sometimes during the pandemic, we were elsewhere. Jeff was in his office. And... and um, Probably the biggest thing that I just didn't hear, but I, I've heard it so many times since I've been here, um, is the rally call, which is, you know, how can we make it better for the kids? You know, kids and, and I hear that right. from you constantly, but I hear it from your staff. I hear it at, you know, SEL meetings where you're not there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, you know, so I just, I just would say that it was, uh, it was a tough, you know, it was a tough couple of years. Uh, when we built those goals, they didn't exactly map to what we, what we, um, or when you, you know, shared those goals, but we're pivoting, you know, I'd say thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, I will open this up to uh, public comment. Can I say something? Oh, please. Yeah. Yes, Dr. Marston, I am very sorry. So I just want to thank all of you for the feedback. I think, you know, I'm really fortunate enough to work in a community that supports education, um, an awesome leadership team, great faculty and teachers and staff. Um, it's really, really a pleasure to work here. And I know that um, we have a lot more to do and certainly um, I can always improve and your feedback is really valuable. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so uh, now I will open this up to public input. If anybody would like to comment on the evaluation, three minutes I can approach the podium. Okay. All right, so the next item on the agenda is oh, you added a, no, <laughs> you added a couple of things since I put my own agenda together. So, um, so the uh, Massachusetts uh, DECA states trip. Right, so I would just, in your materials, you have um, a letter from Robert and from uh, Mrs. Schaefer. Uh, they are going to the states for DECA, and, and DECA is a wonderful program that Mr. Schaefer has started for our kids. Very, very popular. It's business-oriented, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial-oriented, and our kids are really um, excelling at it and doing well. So 
this is an exciting time for them. It's an in-state trip, so it's not out of state, which is typically what we, we bring to the committee. But we thought, you know, given the time, that it would make sense for us to, to bring it here and, and have you give it a blessing. Um, Mrs. Hagan and uh, Mrs. Schaefer will be um, on the overnight. And um, we're just excited for our kids this opportunity. It's really yeah. cool. It's in Boston, so it's, it's not a, a far trip for anyone. But I would just ask you to approve it as it was presented in the materials. Second. <laughs> Why do we even need me here? Uh, can I take a uh, vote? All in favor say aye. 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 Okay. The motion is approved. And please, Becca, have a great time. Um, so, Benelli's school's equipment surplus. Let me see that, Michael. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, in your materials, the uh, letter from Michael, uh, memo to me, uh, looking at school equipment surplus. So, these are all um, equipment that we have that are not working, they're just taking up space. Um, and the DPW has a program where they work with a third-party vendor that gets that that takes these um, any of their stuff to an auction. They auction it, and then whatever money comes back, um, the school district or in, in their case DPW gets money, and then the auctioneer takes a portion of that. Um, so, in the memo, uh, Michael has a list of the following items no longer working addition. I'd ask the school committee to declare these items as surplus in accordance with Mass General Law. So the items are, are listed, and, and again, very old machines that aren't being used. They're actually in storage containers right now, taking up space. And um, you know, this was a conversation with the town that uh, made sense for us to go in this direction and uh, certainly uh, get some revenue that comes back to the school. So, uh, do I hear a motion to approve um, the uh, the disposal of surplus? You declare it surplus. Uh, declare it surplus. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, as Leo, are you going to let me yes. get my words out? Thank you. Uh, as outlined by Dr. Marston. There you go. Megan gets it. You get the second. Uh, I um, may I hear uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Motion passes unanimously. And the next thing. We're on to is we need to talk about a additional meeting on March 24th. Um, I, uh, I think that uh, in the spring, especially during budget season, and with the number of different things that are coming up, uh, trying to have one meeting in March is probably a little too ambitious. Um, so I know that the last meeting we discussed uh, March 24th as a night that we could add an additional meeting. Uh, are you all in favor? Are you in agreement? Do you want to discuss that? No? Okay. Um, then do I hear a motion to approve or add a, <laughs> add a meeting to the uh, calendar for the 24th of March? So moved. So moved. <laughs> Tim, you've been very quiet. And do I hear a second? Second. Megan? Leo keeps jumping the gun. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, you went to Starbucks. Um, so, all in favor? Aye. 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 Megan, did you aye? Yep. Aye. All right. Thank you very much. We will see you here on the 24th as well. And then, uh, do we have any other items since posting on February we do not, 8th? Madam Chair. No, I do not. So, the next thing is shall we look at the uh, school calendar? So uh, there's a 
revised second draft in your materials. Uh, we looked at those days that you had some questions on in October. So one of the things I'd like to suggest, and, and you don't have to vote on it tonight if we can't come to an agreement, you want to send us back and, and fix this, but the leadership team and I looked at this and um, I had forgotten that the reason why the October 7th day was, was put there as a release day is because that's when the high school is, is having their scheduling their pep rally that day. Um, so they're trying to organize it around a half day versus trying to take kids out of um, instructional time in a different day. And we feel like the weather is pretty good at that point in October, as opposed to having it either in the spring or later. We typically have it before Thanksgiving. So um, that was the reasoning for that. Um, so I would suggest that just to, just to offer it, um, would we, we're doing it outside from now on, that's why the weather's, uh, we did it outside this year and we're gonna continue to do it outside because it was really great for the kids. Yeah. Um, so the, I would offer that, you would consider the October 7th day to be a secondary only release day. And then the 31st to be an elementary only release day. So similar to what we did in May, um, doing that in October. And if you don't think that's a great idea, we can take that back and we, you can vote it in March. We'll make some adjustments, but we'd just like to hear some feedback on, on that. So we, again, we've never done the split ones only for conferences for teachers for elementary. I think it's uh, personally. I I don't want to get too much into the weeds. Of it. I mean, if your if your staff believes that that's something that will work, that that's in the best interest of kids, in the best interest of their um, professional development, what the worst thing will happen is that you know we'll get emails saying people are really unhappy about that and won't do it again. Yeah. I mean, just that. Do we have other comments about that or? I'm not saying anything definitively, it's just that it's kind so of- So I think with the PD that we can't, so what it does, it limits PD that we can't do anything district wide, which is okay because a lot of our PD is six through 12 and K to five anyway, mm -hmm. pre-K to five. So that, that's not a huge issue, but it does limit what we can do on those particular days. Didn't you say that the um, elementary teachers had asked for that half day on Halloween though? They have. Okay, so that seems to make sense then if they ask for it on Halloween and then the high school needs it for the pepper alley, right. that is what it is, right? Yeah. If it works, it works. Yeah. If it doesn't, well, then it doesn't, you know, we don't do it again. We don't no. do it again. Yeah. Okay, we can be flexible. Yeah. Um, other than that, does anybody have any questions or comments or thoughts about the calendar? Or, or do we feel as though we could bring this to a vote? <clears throat> well, I know why they exist, but I always get a lot of comments about the number of half days. <laughs> you know, um, you know, that's, that's just something that I know that in order to fit the PD time in, they have to do it. Right. Um, so and the other thing is, is if we took them as full days, then we would end up uh, yeah, pushing June. kids further and further into June, which is kind of a miserable month in yeah. uh, non-air conditioned buildings. I mean, I know it's inconvenient for families, and I, and I do remind people, I think, Leo, you've been in a district that has them every week, right? I mean, there are some districts that still have them every single week. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's just really important time for our teachers to work together, <coughs> uh, work on curriculum, et cetera. So I think there's a value to that and, and we accomplish a lot during those days, but we do recognize the fact that it does provide an inconvenience sometimes for families. And we have in the past talked about whether we could just institute a, a regular half day day, but it doesn't seem to be the thing that the people are really invested with. You know, like yeah, the hard, the hard thing about that is, well, the high school has a rotating schedule now, but the other, the other school would really base it on the day. So you'd be missed, kids would miss the same thing all the time. So we right. didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, that's why we try to rotate around as much as we can. Yep. 
but you know, I'm happy to bring it back if you're not happy with it and we can look at it again. But because um, the questions we get now really this time of year is when the last day of school because folks are planning their summer right. plans right. and that kind of thing. Or, so, they, yeah. so they want to know it a year in advance, you know, when they're going away or whatever. So that that's pretty pretty much set for this. It wouldn't really change the number of days when we would end, but yeah. uh, happy to do that, whatever, whatever you folks want. I don't I don't I personally don't feel the need to to noodle over this much more. I mean, you know, this is your your team and your um we've given our input to the best of our ability, but honestly this is about teaching and um, kind of the flow of the year. So uh, would anybody be comfortable uh, making a motion to accept the school calendar for the 2022-23 school year as written? As presented? So moved. All right, Tim, so moved. Do I hear a second? Second. All right, second, Megan Glenn, and all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, unanimous. We'll pass this unanimously, Thank and you. that will be our school calendar. Okay, so the next thing that we need to talk about, um, you know, folks, it is getting late, and there is some feedback on some of these policies. Would we, and knowing that we have another, um, knowing that we have another, uh, Workshop meeting. Tomorrow. Well, we have a workshop tomorrow and, and we have another meeting in March. Uh, would we consider postponing and discussing some of the policies that we uh, have had some feedback on on the first reading sure. and incorporating that tomorrow? So perhaps we just postpone the whole agenda item and come back to it uh, with kind of a, a, a more tightened up process. Would that work? You guys? I support. Okay. Can I ask one clarifying? Yes, please, sir. I think, um, at least in the materials, the second reading, we, we now are incorporating red lines. Is, is, yes. Am I reading that correct? Yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Yeah, so we'll I, think that. I think that we, we yeah, tried an experiment and then it didn't quite work. Yeah, it was, you know, this is one of those things school committees do exactly once. <laughs> so, and there's really no precedent around how you do it. So you end up kind of trying to figure out the best way to efficiently find through about what, 400? Policies, give or take, yeah. give or take, um, and it's not it's not easy. But I think we're starting to find our feet. But if there, if there are more efficient ways that we can do this, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, this I was really happy to see yeah. that, that that's in there, and I, I think that's appropriate too to sit on it just now that we've actually have it with that and, and it's yeah. in the materials for everybody. That's good. Megan, are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. You think that would be all right? Okay. And yeah, okay. So we will um, postpone that. And postpone uh, voting on the B policies that we had for the second reading for tonight, and we'll go back and work with those tomorrow at our workshop. Okay, um, so then we are looking at uh, the update on workshop planning with the Board of Selectmen, um, and that's me. Uh, so uh, we are looking for a date. I know Megan gave me some dates after you did mm -hmm. i swear <laughs> no, I know. didn't you ask everybody to do that i did okay. um but i didn't hear from uh, anybody else so we i spoke to uh chairman marcucci and uh we did agree that a workshop you know the selectmen are on board also with doing a workshop hopefully the week after february vacation it would need to be in the evening um 
And that this workshop would really focus on, you know, discussing these two particular issues, because I think so often we do the, the committee kind of presentational thing, but it's very difficult to really make those kind of nitty gritty decisions when you're kind of working your way through, you know, Robert's rules and process and calling, and, you know, so um, we thought it would be a good idea. And I think the selectmen thought it would be a good idea to have that workshop to kind of work through those details. Um, so I need to know uh, what day um, you guys are able to, or what evening you're able to do. The second, I believe, is out because they have. Tuesday, right? They have yeah, a meeting on Tuesday, and because uh, Mike is wrapping up not only his chairmanship but his tenure as a member of the select board. Um, those meetings are pretty stacked for them, so they didn't want to do it beforehand that evening. Um, and Megan, you had a couple of dates that you could do. If you want to get back to me with them, I'll just propose them then to, um, if you have any openings, you guys want to take a look at your calendars. I'm looking at my calendar. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I missed uh, proposed dates. Oh, I don't worry about it. I mean, you we, know, I think so. the second, we said Wednesday. All right, so actually there's their meeting is, I'm sorry, on March 1st. Uh, I have, uh, Dr. Marson and I have, and Anna May have union negotiations on the 2nd, or at least we haven't scheduled yeah, up yeah. until 6.30. So, um, we could, we could do seven, but I don't want to speak for Dr. Marson. I don't right, know what your schedule's like. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll, I feel like there's a warrant committee meeting that I understand. Yeah, so. That's the other thing is that it's, it, it's a little tough with that. But, and Megan, you said you could do the second or the, um, the, the second or the third? Second or the third, okay. What do you guys look like? Anybody traveling, anybody? Uh, it's supposed to be better to go. I can make it work. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm flexible. Okay, so why don't I propose the second or the third starting at seven? Yeah, if the third works better for you guys. Third speak with that one. The third's a Thursday. Yeah. Um, and actually, we could start a little earlier if the selectmen are able to do that on the third. It's just the um, the negotiations part that pushes me back. So I'll propose that to uh, Christine, and she can kind of uh, see if that works. And if it doesn't, we'll try to have we'll probably have to push it into the next week. Um, and we'll go from there. Okay, great. I think that this will be a great opportunity. Um, there's some nice uh, good communication. So then we are on to, oh my goodness, donations. Dr. Morrison, you talk to us about donations. Sure, thank you. Um, I ask that you approve the following donations, $43.40 to the Blake Middle School gift account from Box Top for Education, $184 to Dale Street gift account from Box Top for Education, and $400 to the Dale Street gift account from Dale Street PTO. Okay. Uh, do um, I hear a motion to accept those donations as read and presented by Dr. Morrison. So moved. So moved. Leo? Second. Second. Megan, and all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Motion passes unanimously. And we are at the point of our evening where we're kind of at the winding down part. Uh, for informational items, uh, Dr. Marston, do you have anything on informational items? I just have one item, one update. I just I know that we uh, this committee has talked about uh, standard-based reporting at 
at Lake and just want to give you an update on what they're doing. The teachers um, have been working with, actually the teachers have been working with Matt and Christine have been a part of that as well. And we, we have um, a consultant from Boston College who is going to be um, Nathaniel Brown will be working with our, our teachers in that as well um, as they go from um, straight SBR to transitioning into um, looking at grades on at the third trimester and looking at plus and minus grades as well and doing that whole process. So um, Nathaniel is an expert in this area and he feels like he can do a really good algorithm that will allow teachers to still assess with SBR, but apply it, uh, transfer that into a grade. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're working on right now. And they should, they'll be you know, in place for the end of the- So the time. SBR itself really kind of uh, elucidates what that grade means, but it's not a direct translation. So it, it's more of a tweak of SBR and mm -hmm. it, it allows them to really um, have a, transition it into a grade. So it's not just a three, two, one, or right. one, two, right. three, four. Um, there's there's a, a way to do that, and that's what he's working with the staff. So they'll be working next week, and then you know coming in the coming weeks as well, um, supporting them and, and giving them the help that they need on that. Okay. Um, anybody else on the committee have informational items anything that they would like to present or talk about? Carrie, Carrie, no, no. time to time. <laughs> Although you already you gave us some great input on that. masking. Anything else you want to add? Or? No. Okay. Carrie, I, I may ask. So far, the only thing I came up with, your choice is cool. Yeah. Now I'm <laughs> yeah, I like that. Those have told me I'm not the most creative. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm good in math and science, but please come up with something better. <laughs> Somebody said um, respect rules. I heard that was yeah. that's respect. I mean respect rules. And that yeah, well yeah, that yeah. Yeah. What choice is that? Come up with something yeah, yeah. that's a theme because I, I do think it's a sweater. If you it's not cool. something is cool, it's not cool. Okay, yeah, good. I, I, that's <laughs> the input I need. Right, right. Am I wrong about that? No, no it's okay. <laughs> you can say it, Carrie. It's all right. That's what it's you just like dated yourself. Okay. No, I just thought I think you had your slogan. I think I think that'd be a good idea. <laughs> it it is cool. Cool. We like to make fun of contests. So to Megan, cool. All right, all right. Bring it back together, kids. Any anyone else? No one? No one? Okay. I do have uh one thing which I mentioned to Elizabeth, but uh I did meet with uh Mary Hayes and Kathy McDonald, and I've expect uh invited them to come speak. At the next meeting and speak about um really kind of what mary's role is and um we were gonna perhaps that's mary right right i don't understand okay. this it's okay. got to be a pennsylvania thing or it's a taunton thing but i think <laughs> that the word mary m-e-r-i and a-r-y are I thought the you were same talking about mary and i'm like thing. mary well what's her name what's what's substance use lady's name mary, mary. Mary. Mary, as opposed Mary. to Mary. That's Mary. Oh, and Mary. I hear no difference, by the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is something really. We both answer to anything, don't worry. And I wanted to talk about kind of the brain health and the substance uh, prevention initiatives that are happening at Midfield Outreach and how we're also able to kind of reach those into the community as well as into the school. So, and we'll have the health advisory committee 
at that meeting anyway, right? Is that That's true? Plan. Okay. So if that uh, happens, that might be a really nice synergy. Back to back meetings for you. Bing, bing, boom. <laughs> Come on, you'd miss us. Um, all right. So future agenda items. Oh, no, I just. Okay, so the health advisory update. We talked on March 10th. Uh, DESI COVID 19 guidance. Wait, wait. I guess there will be some guidance, but we won't have to talk about it, it, it as could be much. Additional guidance that. Yeah. And then we'll just do policy manual updates ongoing. Okay. Uh, our next meeting is a policy workshop tomorrow at 9 30 at Town Hall. Um, and then our next regular meeting will be on March 10th, 2022. So don't hop on this, Leo. Do I hear a motion to adjourn? So <laughs> Megan, all right. And uh, do I hear a second? Second, Tim Knight. Tim Knight, all right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, the motion passes and the meeting is adjourned at, I can't tell because my glasses are not, uh, 8.52. All right. Thank you so much. All of you who hung in with us. Thank you.